Our leader will now share for 20 to 25 minutes just describing what it was like, what happened, and what it is like now. Our leader for tonight is Scott. Hello, my name is Scott, and I am a compulsive reader. I'm grateful to be here. I am the speaker-getter for this meeting, and I asked myself to speak tonight, and I said yes. So glad that worked out. Um, didn't want to get in a fight with myself again, so... So I was in the bathroom before the meeting, and I was not liking the toilet paper situation. And uh, I started thinking of the movie Quills. I thought that'd be a great way of doing a written 10-step. Anyway, if you don't know the reference, uh, maybe that was just a bad joke. I don't know. So just, just a couple of things. Um, on, let's see, I think it was on June 12th, I was officially awarded my master's degree. And that's been a, thank you. So that, that had been a, a six-year journey, and it is all done. That is one of the gifts of abstinence. Abstinence is a gift of OA. Um, this Thursday, I officially begin my big boy job. I go in, do all the paperwork, and then here I am, a 40-hour-per-week person at age almost 46 for the first time, another gift of abstinence. Um, yeah, so that's that. So I'm a big fan of math and science because I, don't, I believe that math and science don't lie. I'm not good at math and science, but I am a fan of the truth. So just a couple of numbers. Um, I've been in the fellowship for over 17 years. I came in at, at age 28. Again, I'm almost 46. In about three weeks, I'll be 46. Um, as I like to say, OA didn't give me my life back. It gave me a life period. And, uh, you know, three years before that first meeting at age 25, I decided to eat myself to death. So I was alive, but in many ways I, I was dead, just, just wait, ready to just be gone. A lot, of, uh, a lot of darkness inside of me for a lot of reasons. And the food didn't help. It felt like it was a solution at the time, but uh, long term it was anything but... Um, today, I kind of see addiction as sacrificing the future for immediate gratification. And I think that's how I lived my life for most of my life. That was just how I did life. Um, so yeah, over 17 years in the fellowship, um, I have lost between 140 and 150 pounds. Oh, by the way, a photo album if, if you need proof. There's a couple of new things in here, including graduation pictures. So um, I'll let you flip through that. Uh, the other thing I like talking about is I have counted 18 medical and psychiatric conditions completely healed just by overhauling my nutrition. Um, overhauling my nutrition means looking at what I eat, looking at what I drink, taking vitamins and minerals, and eliminating man-made pharmaceuticals. And let me remind you, this is just my story I'm sharing here. I don't speak for OA or anyone else, just myself. Um, you know, when I first came to OA, I was on medication for depression. I was on the medication for anxiety. I was on the medication for obsessive compulsive disorder and Tourette syndrome. I was on the medication for high overall cholesterol. I was on the medication for high blood pressure. And I was on three medications for a skin condition called psoriasis. And because more is better, about two years in, I started taking a medication for seasonal allergies. And all that cleared up on its own. And, you know, I'm 
almost 46, and I'm on zero medications. In fact, I've never been healthier. I've never been healthier. Um, Suicidal depression, gone. General anxiety disorder, gone. Obsessive compulsive disorder, gone. Um, High overall cholesterol, gone. High triglyceride levels, gone. Seasonal allergies, gone. Gout, gone. Uh, Sleep apnea, gone. Uh, Insomnia, gone. High blood pressure, gone. Learning disability, gone. Uh, Chronic fatigue syndrome, gone. Gum disease, gone. 20 to 25 nosebleeds per month, gone. And on and on and on. So, um, again, more gifts of abstinence and more gifts of OA. So... Those are some numbers, some math and the science. Um, let's see. So I uh, pulled out my the latest edition. This is the latest edition of the OA 12 and 12, if you haven't seen it. And I noticed that the introduction looks a little bit different. It's now on page one, regular number one. It looks like they kind of reworded a few things. So I just, I really liked how it's set up here. I'm going to kind of base my share on on how it's set up here. So this is the first paragraph. We of OA have found in this fellowship a way to recover from the disease of compulsive overeating. We use compulsive overeating and compulsive eating interchangeably. These terms include but are not limited to overeating, undereating, food addiction, anorexia, bulimia, binge eating, overexercising, purging, and other compulsive food behaviors. No matter what form or disease takes, anyone having a problem with food can find help in Overeaters Anonymous. So I identify as a compulsive overeater for obvious reasons. Again, proof in the photo album. Um, also, just when I came in, most people identified that way, so it just seemed, you know, seemed uh, right, I guess. Um, I also identify as a century person. There seems to be a lot of confusion over what a century person is. Um, the, kind of the unofficial, unwritten definition I go by, which is something I heard years ago, is a century person is an individual who has lost or who needs to lose 100 pounds or more. So it's that second half that usually people leave out or aren't aware of. Um, I also identify as a relapser. Um, I celebrated eight years of abstinence uh, on Monday. So, uh, but before that eight years of abstinence, I, had, I spent seven years in relapse. Right? I came in as a newcomer, got abstinent fairly quickly. That lasted about two years, two and a half years. And, um, you know, I thought that I can just kind of coast after that. I thought I was kind of home free. I never sponsored anyone. I never spoke at meetings like this. Um, I stopped doing honest and thorough step work. And yeah, one day I decided to experiment with my food and then seven years later, I wish I hadn't experimented with food. And I wish I wasn't so selfish early in the program. Um, relapse was really painful. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, eight years of abstinence. Where was I going with that? Oh. Anyway, those are the identifications. Uh, Second paragraph. In In OA, we have no program of diets and exercise, no scales, no magic pills. 
What we do have to offer is far greater than any of these things, a fellowship in which we find and share the healing power of love. And I'm going to come back to that at the end of my share. Our common bonds are two, the disease of compulsive overeating from which we have all suffered and the solution that we are all finding as we live by the principles embodied in these steps. Since our program is based on the 12 steps, we would like to offer here a study of those steps, sharing how we follow them to recover from compulsive eating. We open this way to provide help for those who still suffer from our disease. So I like to keep things really simple, and um, this is just kind of how I see the 12 steps for today. Uh, Step one is where I'm at. Step two is where I'd like to be. Step three is a set of instructions that helps me get from where I'm at to where I'd like to be. Step four is a list of my secrets. Step five is sharing those secrets with another human being and my higher power. Step six is a list of my tendencies in life. Step seven is an invitation to try something different. Why? Because I am not God enough to cure the world of all its ills. And not only am I not God enough to cure the world of all its ills, I'm just not God. And to me, that sums up step seven. That is step seven in a nutshell. Without the nutshell, of course. (laughs) I'm not God. And that is a tough one at times. Uh, Step eight, a list of all persons to whom I owe amends, including myself. What a concept. Step nine, uh, doing right by those people, including myself. What a concept from this point moving forward. So why from only this point moving forward? Because again, step seven reminds me that I am not God enough to go back in time and undo anything that's already been done. I tried and I failed. It's just not possible. Uh, Step 10, utilizing the first nine steps to get through something that's up for me right now. Step 11, talking to God, prayer, listening to God, meditation. And step 12, being of service to other individuals, especially when they ask for it, but not injuring myself in the process. And that's a really key addition I've made over the years because, once again, I am on my own eighth step amends list. And it does no one good to injure myself to help another person. And sometimes I refer to it as healthy selfishness. Society needs me to be abstinent. And if I need to eat my abstinent meal right now, I'm sorry, but I I may need to walk away for 30 minutes or longer. And I may look rude, but guess what? After that abstinent meal, I'm going to be so present for you, you're going to be glad you let me do it, or you didn't try to stop me. So those are the 12 steps as I see it today. Um, So I was four years old when I first misused food. I was also four years old when I discovered my first binge buddy, my father. And I was also four years old when, unfortunately, I learned that my dad was a, rageahol- um, was a rageaholic. I was on the wrong end of uh, one of his rageaholic episodes. And physically, it really hurt. So you can imagine that, maybe. Um, fast forward about four years. Um, my dad, for some reason, started taking me to church. Um, my mom didn't have to go, my sister didn't go, but for some reason he chose me to, uh, to take to church. Um, about two months into that, he stopped coming with me. 
but I still had to go, and I hated it. I thought church was boring. No offense if you're religious. I just thought church was boring. I was eight years old. I wanted to watch cartoons. I wanted to play. I probably wanted to eat. And I just thought Sunday school, the whole thing was really boring. And I was resentful, too, that I was the only one in the family who had to go. So um, around that time, I developed an unhealthy fear of God, like there's a religious God. And um, with that came this really um, ridiculously painful prayer ritual. And in retrospect, I believe that was the beginnings of what ended up being you know, a series of these obsessive compulsive disorder rituals that I used to have that are completely gone now, thanks to clean food. Um, fast forward about three more years at age 11, I met binge buddy number two. Um, binge buddy number two loved beating me up physically, mentally, verbally, and even sometimes financially. Um, I forgave binge buddy number two um, in the summer of 2011. It was a beautiful experience. It happened in the Inner Sunset District at a restaurant. And um, I've told that story before, and um, I kind of still can't believe it happened. But it did. And that was possible, again, because of this fellowship and because of things I learned to do in these rooms. Um, so that's at age 11. Fast forward to age 13, I got my first job. Um, seven days a week, I delivered newspapers for the SF Examiner. I was lucky to bring home $30, $30 a month. That's right, seven days a week, $30 a month if I was lucky. Most of that food went on junk. Most of that money went on junk food. I knew a place that had burritos and sandwiches, and um, yeah, delicious. Oh. so um, you can. So as you can see, between the ages of four and thirteen, or you know, four and eleven, I developed um, this kind of rocky foundation. And uh, today, I kind of look at it as kind of my bizarro world. Twelve steps. You know, step negative one. I'm not powerless over food. I just love eating, and it feels good when I do it. You know, step negative two, came to believe that a power greater than myself hates my guts. And step negative three, made a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of God, because if I didn't, he, he would punish my family and me. And then all the rest. Steps negative four, negative five. I don't have any secrets, and even if I did, I'm not telling you a single thing. Mind your own business. Steps negative six and negative seven. The solution to all the problems is revenge. If I were you, I would grow a set of eyes behind your head, because when you're not looking, I'm going to show you why you should have done those things to me. Steps negative eight and negative nine. I was thinking about something just now. Steps negative eight and negative nine. I don't owe you an apology. You all owe me an apology. You're the reasons why I am screwed up in the head right now. And then the maintenance steps, right? Steps negative 10, negative 11, negative 12. I don't need any maintenance. I did it right the first time. So that's that. So one thing I like to do is kind of imagine those 24 steps on a number line, and in the middle is zero. So the negative side is what I was like, the positive side is what happened, and the zero is what happened. So what, hap what I was like, what happened, and what I am like now. So I kind of like to look at that zero as um, the tools of recovery, 
because as a newcomer, that was really all I had. Um, um, I felt like all I can do. The first thing I ever did in OA was come to a meeting, right? Meetings are a tool of recovery. Um, at that first meeting in March of 2001, I felt really comfortable. So I wanted to come to another meeting. I was looking at the meeting schedule and I felt confused. Uh, on Sunday mornings, there used to be two meetings at the same time. One said newcomers meeting and the other just had the, the focus of the meeting. So I used another tool of recovery. I called the, the uh, contact person, right? the telephone, that's a tool of recovery. I called the contact person and asked her, Hey, I'm brand new. Do I have to go to the newcomers meeting or can I go to both or what, what do I do? And she kind of laughed and said, oh, you can, go to, you can go to both. Don't worry about it. So I've secretaried over 100 newcomers meetings. It's actually a common question. It's a good question, actually. Um, that Sunday morning meeting, which is still happening, 9.30 a.m., different location, uh, that became my first home meeting. And within one or two weeks, I got my first sponsor. It's sponsorship, another tool of recovery. That first sponsor gave me an assignment. He said, I want you to buy a big book of AA, an Alcoholics Anonymous big book. Literature, another tool of recovery. And then he gave me my second assignment. I want you to read the doctor's opinion and just write out anything that speaks to you from that chapter, from the AA big book. Writing, another tool of recovery. So here I am, a newcomer, you know, between two and three weeks in, I'm already using five of what was then only eight tools of recovery on a pretty regular basis. You know, between going to, you know, meetings on Sundays, I mean, I had like four meetings I was attending regularly when I was new. So anyway, the tools of recovery have played a big role in my, in my life. I would say that they actually helped me more than the, than the steps with my food. With everything else, the steps have done it, but... Um, Food-wise, it's the tools of recovery for me. All right, so back to this introduction in the 12 and 12. Um, this is the, the third and final paragraph. If you think you may be a compulsive eater, give yourself chance, a chance for recovery by trying the OA program. Our way of life, based on the 12 steps and 12 traditions, has brought us physical, emotional, and spiritual healing that we don't hesitate to call miraculous. What works for us will work for you too. So I used to say that there was no difference between emotional recovery and spiritual recovery. I don't, I don't believe that anymore. You know, these days, I mean, I mean, physical recovery, I think, is about the food and the weight and either the benefits or the consequences of the food and the weight, depending on where I am, you know, in this journey. Um, the emotional part of recovery, I believe, is the way I think and how I feel. And the spiritual component is about how I act in this world. So, you know, I'm just kind of looking at the way I, I do um, live my life these days. And um, I don't know, I, I guess the, the, the physical is a lot like the step one piece. I mean, you're dealing with the food and, and, and um, the weight loss. I mean, I, I see that as a very black and white thing. You know, I often talk about AA in relation to OA. Because in AA, an alcoholic who's honest about wanting to be sober wants to be perfect with their alcohol consumption. They never want to have a drop again. That's an all-or-nothing proposition. There's no gray in that. You, you know, an alcoholic in AA 
who says, well, I only drink once a week or twice a year is kind of, kind of you're probably going to get laughed at knowing that fellowship. Um, that wouldn't go over well. Um, so uh, the, the physical part is a very black and white thing, if you think about it, and that's how, that's how I indeed think about it. Um, the emotional component, I kind of look at steps two through nine, dealing with the emotional piece. I mean, it's not black and white, it's not gray, it's more colorless, because I feel like the emotional piece deals with this narrative I've created over the decades, these lies, you know, based on what other people said, and just kind of my contributions to what other people said, like negative things. And, you know, a lot of you know that I haven't called myself ugly in like five years. I mean, stuff like that. You know, I'm ugly, I'm stupid, I'm not good enough, I'll never get married, I'm not worthy of graduate school. These are all lies. But for some reason, I kept those things alive. For whatever reason, right? For whatever reason, I kept those things alive. So I believe... You know, the emotional component mostly deals with those things and like, you know, ridding myself of those lies and slowly, you know, beginning the rewiring process up here. Um, and then the spiritual component, I believe, is just 10, 11, and 12. You know, that is, this is how I act in the world. And I think the spiritual component is about gray. It's about having an open mind. I don't need to have an open mind about sugar and flour. That needs to be black and white. But with everything else, um, I need to have an open mind. You know, I, I say sometimes that um, my higher power... So if I practice perfection with this one aspect of my life, my food, my higher power promises me thousand forms of gray, which is a pretty good trade-off in my opinion. Um, that act of perfection with the, with the physical part, the addiction part, the food part, it gives me enough clarity up here to strive for spiritual progress and to, you know, gently let go of the perfection I used to beat the hell out of myself over. And um, it has gotten easier. It doesn't happen overnight, but it has gotten easier. A lot of the nonsense up here is, is gone. It's miraculous. It's just gone. Um, but I also feel like I've worked really hard to get there. So anyway... Um, I just want to say that I'm about two and a half months into a relationship. I am dating a woman who lives in the Berkeley Hills. She's been a therapist for about 10 years. Um, it's the first time I've been in a committed relationship where I have not catastrophized. That is unbelievable to me. And, um, you know, early on, I try to tell myself why this cannot work out. You know, I did it after the first date. I did it after the second date. I did it after the third date. And I really tried hard to do it over the fourth date. Uh, after the fourth date. And she's, I, I can't do it. I mean, I'm really falling for her big time. And, um, you know, not only am I falling for her big time romantically, but, you know, and I haven't told her this, but she's becoming a really close friend, too. And that's kind of how I do relationships. Usually they become my best friend. That's just kind of how I do it and like it and need it. But uh, anyway, um, that's going really well. I'm able to not people please a lot with her, which is interesting. And um, every time I feel like I need to bring up an issue with her, it's like, this is the time. She's going to chew your head off, and then she doesn't. It's like, man, one of these days you're not going to have to worry about that.
Anyway, um, I think I am done because my mouth is really dry and it's almost been 25 minutes. Thank you for listening.